0: Hello, welcome back to another episode of From the Inbox The Podcast. I'm Kane Wilkinson, as usual, and I just wanted to officially announce that moving forward, the From the Inbox The Podcast will be all interviews. So this is kind of the new place for me to upload my interviews with artists and the likes, and um, the former From the Inbox The Podcast show will now be something a little different. I think it's going to be sticking to live stream things from now on, just so you guys are all aware. But for this week's episode, I have a wonderful conversation with Rare Americans' James Priestner. He's the front man of the Vancouver-based collective, and they just put out their new album, Rare Americans 2, earlier this month. It's a wonderfully imaginative and narrative-driven collection of tracks, and it was a pleasure talking to James about his songwriting process, the album itself, and of course, this wonderful community that's behind the Rare Americans. As always, you can find Dusty Organ online. I'm on facebook twitter instagram TikTok, and spotify don't forget to sign up for my newsletter as well and please consider supporting the show and the site through patreon at patreon.com slash dustyorgan or buymeacoffee.com slash dustyorgan wonderful couple of options there or just buy a toque just email me got some merch up on the site dustyorgancom slash shop just email me if you'd like to get some swag in your hands that's it for me here is The interview with James Priestner of Rare Americans.
1: I'm James Priestner from Rare Americans, and uh, we're chatting with Dusty Oregon. Hello, James. Thanks
0: for uh, coming on the show this week.
1: No worries. Thanks for having
0: me. From beautiful
1: uh, Vancouver, I hear. Yeah, we got the sunshine is... Starting to poke its uh poke its little head out, which is great because uh, we uh, we typically get a lot of rain here on the west coast. So,
0: well, uh, from from the new standpoint across Canada, everyone thinks you guys just have perfect weather all the time. So it's nice to hear some you know real real input on that.
1: Totally. Like, well, I grew up in <laughs> Edmonton, so uh, I was around the minus thirty winters. So I'm uh, oh fully, fully aware of Canadian winters my whole life. So yeah, that stuff's no fun.
0: How how long ago did you make the switch to Vancouver?
1: Uh, about maybe eight or nine years ago now I've been here a while it's home okay and that's where uh
0: rare americans the band that you are I guess the leader of is uh based out of right and yeah. uh yeah kind of just give us an for people who don't know I know rare americans it's you guys kind of describe yourselves as like a collective uh, how many members are there how does it, how does the, the uh, band kind of function
1: uh there is uh, well it essentially starts um my brother and i are the ones who started this project um so he's 11 years my senior uh he lives in edmonton Uh, i live here obviously um he uh doesn't play instruments or anything at all uh but he he's a great songwriter so we uh yeah we took a trip to the caribbean together maybe three three and a half years ago now and um I was in a different band at the time. I was going to audio engineering school as well. Uh, and it was our first ever kind of bro kind of trip like that. So um, we, we were going for a while, 10 days. So I was like, okay, well, what are we going to do for, for this amount of time? Yeah. Uh, so I was like, oh, I'll bring my guitar. And I said, hey, let's, you know, let's try to write a song or two. And uh, Jared's a pretty funny guy. He's a big thinker. He's like, right, write a song. He's like, let's, let's fucking write an album. And That's uh awesome. I was like, oh, OK, we'll see how it goes. Um, and sure enough, like literally we probably spent like I don't think we did anything else. We went into the to the ocean a couple times and literally we just like caught fire and we, we wrote like 12 or 15 songs in 10 wow. days. And uh, that kind of became the first record. Um, and I was playing in a different band at the time uh, with our uh, guitarist Lubo uh, mm-hmm. and this style of music was a little bit different uh the songs that we had written in the caribbean they were just had a different vibe to them different influence um so we figured let's start a new start this totally new from scratch and uh i i really love lubo uh kind of everything about him he's you know my best friend and also um uh, just a very talented kind of mad scientist type uh guitarist um and i asked him to be a part of this project and uh, so he has been since day one, and then we've had a few kind of different members, uh, you know, since then. Um, but I would say the the core of the team now is uh, the three of us, plus um, our drummer named Duran, who also uh, does a lot of our uh, social media and handles kind of a lot of our web stuff. And then uh, another kind of multi-instrumentalist, uh, who's also a Slovakian, actually, uh, named Jan. Um and yeah, he, he does all sorts of stuff, too. We're very DIY operation and uh, our band is very much, I guess, also a, a small business. So um, as much as we are all creators when it comes to music, we're also all uh, we wear our hats, I'd say, on, you know, when we put on kind of okay the business side. Yeah. And uh, well,
0: uh, actually, out of curiosity, what type of uh, my first question would be. What kind of, I know Rare Americans has this wonderful blend of sound where it's, you know, you got like ska, gypsy folk, rock, a little bit of hip hop in there too. But uh, what were your origins before that with the other band that you were playing with?
1: Uh, the other band was definitely more, uh, less punk. It was more, I would say, on the groovier kind of, you know, vibier kind of side. I would say it was much more in line with like Cage the Elephant or Um, okay. Monkeys. um I, I always really I've loved hip-hop since I was a kid um, and I also loved uh, like Modest Mouse uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: was probably one of my favorite bands um, And Arctic Monkeys have always loved Tegan and Sarah so I really liked kind of that alt-ish kind of kind of vibe mixed with kind of the hip hop um, that was kind of always the genres that pulled me in and then my older brothers were uh, they were punk rockers to their core. Um, I think right. when they were growing up, um music was a lot different than now now people will have you know 10 different genres on one playlist um and when they were growing up uh it was different if you were a punk rocker you were a punk rocker uh to your core and that's those are the life values you kind of lived by uh and it wasn't i don't think quite as common to uh listen to punk and then listen to rap and then listen to rock or country or whatever you were you were dyed in the wool kind of a, a punk rocker um and now uh now now it's different we all like all sorts of genres so i think with our band um it's exactly that it's an amalgam yeah. you know, of different influences
0: yeah that's awesome that's awesome it's a lot of fun to listen to especially you know on you guys have two albums now uh your most recent one rare americans 2 just came out on march 5th and um Speaking of in terms of, you know, putting on different hats and doing things as like a business sort of thing. I understand that Rare Americans actually, I'm not sure if you guys had signed or uh, with a major label at one point, but you had something, you had a deal with, uh, I think Atlantic Records, but you guys decided to make the switch to independent. What kind of, uh, what, what was the thought process for that?
1: Um, Yeah, it it was definitely a learning experience. Um, We'd released three animated videos in early 2019, and one of those did really well, which is called Brittle Bones Nikki. Uh, And then at that point we had lots of major label interests. We had lots of different uh, labels contact us. um, And one of them was a label called APG, um, who was kind of a sister label to Atlantic. They're kind of part of the same office. Mm -hmm uh and uh they just had a cool cool team They they weren't what you kind of i guess expected um out of you know when you think major label you just think i don't know what you know what painting comes to other people's minds but i i think of la and i think of cooler than cool and i think of like you know leather jackets and just like so you know like suave kind of thing and yeah, all the records on the on the wall yeah these guys were totally different they were more like a little like a tech team uh, they're all all very down to earth. Um, and we kind of vibed with that. So they, they flew us out to, uh, to LA and, um, we sat with their whole team and, uh, their track record was insane. Uh, you know, they just had some of the biggest artists in the world and have been doing it for a long time, very successfully. Um, we had always kind of planned to keep this DIY. Um, we, we come from a business background, our family, Um, so business is pretty, uh, kind of in our blood. Um, so we always planned on treating this project like that, but, uh, they, they had a really good pitch and we felt a good vibe with them. So ultimately we ended up signing a major label deal there. Um, and then as we got going, we just realized it's just not really what we wanted to do. Um, I think we started, we learned really quickly that, Um, you know, it's, it's very much the major label industry is a hits based business and it's, you know, if it takes five years to, to get one hit for an artist, that's no problem. Um, I think a lot of major labels are are happy to, uh, to kind of play that game and they're looking for the gigantic payoffs from a huge hit. That's going to take an artist from here to here really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, and our style was different. Uh, I'd say we're a very prolific band. Um, we write songs like crazy. We just, we love the, the craft of songwriting. It's really fun for us. Uh, and we wanted to release a high volume of material and do it very consistently and not really put all our eggs in one basket on one song. Um, I don't think we've ever really felt like we, um, you know, had one song that this is the one, this is the single, this is the, you know, uh, it was more. We felt our songs, uh, the quality difference wasn't here to here. It was all somewhere in in here, not huge spikes and huge lows. Um, and so, yeah, we wanted to release just a ton of material. And we had some pretty wild plans, which we still do with the animation and doing kind of small short films uh, and doing like trios of little mixtapes that all told one ultimately big story. Um, we just had a lot of kind of crazy ideas. And I think that that was just not what the major label was interested in doing. Uh, and I think yeah. that we pretty quickly that, um, you know, we, we didn't have the freedom, I guess, that we wanted to. Uh, so ultimately we decided we didn't really want to sit around for three, four years kind of waiting on one song. So uh, yeah, we, uh, we essentially just bought ourselves out of our deal and gave our advance back. And um, we were fortunate uh, to, be able to 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 get out you know without too much of a penalty so
0: yeah you always hear horror stories from the industry of uh you know my my first thought is I, i i'm sure you're familiar for into punk music victory records i know you always hear all these horror stories from bands like streetlight manifesto and stuff that had such a difficult time Detaching from major labels and stuff And record label deals But it's great to see that You know, that's not always It's not the industry standard necessarily well, I so. think
1: for us, we did it so early Like we made the decision after six months So, okay. you know, if we would have waited a year And they would have put half a million dollars Into a record for us And, you know, they would have really, really You know, put actual dough behind the band uh, In terms of getting us out there Then I think that their stake in the yeah. game Is a lot higher And then it's a lot more difficult to get out But um, we had only released four or five songs or whatever under them. So the the investment was so minimal um, that they didn't really have a lot of skin in the game at that point, which I think made it easier for us to get out.
0: Yeah. Good for both parties. Really? That's awesome. And uh, one of the nice things about your songwriting style is that it is so heavily oriented in storytelling. And has that always been kind of uh, from the get go, like a, a point that you guys want to get through? Like you want to tell stories with your music? Has it always been number one for you
1: guys? Uh, you know what? I think it was like uh, it just it was by happenstance almost. Um, I think that naturally we were just writing songs that had somewhat of a narrative, uh, you know, dr- drive to them. I think that the we were often kind of championing, championing the voice of the underdog or people that didn't always get kind of a voice in the world. And um, whether that those were people that we knew or that we were influenced by or stories reread read or you know, and sometimes just totally made up characters. Um, they just often followed a person or, or a situation uh, and something that was rooted in some truth. And so naturally, I think, um, you know, storytelling was just something we were doing naturally. And we didn't, we didn't go into it being like, hey, we're going to be the storytelling band. Um, but then I also think that you know, it's just it's just double whammy as soon as we introduce the animated element to it, which follows almost always follows. Uh, they're not abstract videos. They're they're very much narrative based videos. So I think when you couple the song with the animated video, it's like, bam, OK, now we're making like little mini movies.
0: Yeah, well, especially especially you uh, you talked about about it before the Brittle Bones Nikki story, which is, you know, a nice book ending on the album uh and that one's been really well received in terms of both story song and music video narrative um and i know you're i think in a press release you'd
1: mentioned that it's actually kind of
0: loosely based on a real life person
1: well i would say extremely extremely loosely loosely, yeah Uh, that that was one where i don't know my i let my mind really just take off um i was going on a walk to meet my my parents actually were visiting vancouver and Uh, They were about a 20-minute walk away, so I was on my way to meet them, and I saw this uh, guy outside of like an old man outside of like an assisted living complex. Uh, You could tell he was kind of toward the end of his life. Uh, He had the the full oxygen kind of tank, and he was also smoking a cigarette and had a disheveled kind of beard. And uh, he just, to me, just looked like a guy who had seriously lived a lot of life and had been through some shit uh and so for some reason that guy i just started wondering like where what 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 could this guy's life have been uh and i kind of took that and made up his life story in my head literally on the walk um and i wrote the whole song pretty much on the walk um and uh well i mean the lyric the story obviously the song was way different um that i'll take that back to to the guys and the team and that's where we we really hone hone in on the music and produce the song but uh yeah, the story came just from something as, as simple as that. That's awesome. And now it has, uh, almost like a
0: fandom world around your, uh, your animated songs, uh, place is called crooked city, right? Like this universe that you guys have kind of thought up.
1: Uh, yeah, I'd say <laughs> it's funny. We almost, uh, we almost shot the bullet on that one too quick. Um, because, uh, it's, it, it's really much a work in progress. Um, it's, I, I, don't they I think we underestimated how hard it is to create a universe yeah. uh, so we've been actually uh, working on a tv series uh, as well for that's a, a literally just a narrative-based show that will have a large musical component to it but the idea is is Crooked City and it takes place in this you know in this universe so we've been writing all sorts of scripts and editing them and and whipping out the you know the scenes and moving one here to try to make everything work and connect yeah. and then Um, so that will come eventually 100%. Um, but we, uh, as juniors, I would say in the film world, uh, we've just learned, uh, how, how arduous a task it is to create something that makes sense, has an interesting plot that's going to keep people engaged, that has action and depth. That's one thing I think with rare Americans, we always try to do is have, uh, songs and stories with depth to them. We've never tried to be, uh, you know, singing about, you know, partying and and getting drunk at the club—that's just not really who we are. It's not our interests. Um, so yeah, we've we've always tried to do things that have a lot of meaning to them. Um, and now, obviously, making that into a much bigger thing is just uh, takes a lot of heads.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, you guys are working with a really good team in Toronto, uh, Solus Studios. Who, if anyone. Recognizes the name. They also worked with Pop on a couple or at least one or two music videos with them, too. But
1: and Jesse Reyes as well. Uh, they and Jesse did, Reyes, okay. Yeah, her intruders video, which was up for a Juno this year, that was uh, that was also soulless.
0: Oh, right on. And you guys have won a Juno, right? Rare Americans, we
1: were essentially. We're I, I like to say we won a Juno, uh, we were like an assist on a Juno. It was it was our song that we co-produced, uh, which was brittle bones, Nikki. And then the, the other producer of that song, Ben, uh, won for uh producer of the year.
0: Uh, okay. So kind of by proxy, that's awesome. Either way, you know, it's still a, an award worthy song. So, um, and out of this, I hope people after this interview will go check out your extensive music video selection because, you know, last night I was going through a whole bunch of them and there's some really cool even if you don't even if the music's not for you guys, like there's some really cool stories and, and visuals, especially uh for me, like the, the video for Gas Mask, the one with the boxer. Yeah, uh, that was great. And uh Hullabaloo, am I saying that yep. right? Yeah. That one in particular was really cool. Very dark.
1: So funny. I was looking at the Globe and Mail the other day and I saw on the front page of the Globe and Mail uh, in the the byline or whatever, uh, he used the word hullabaloo. And I was like, wow, I've <laughs> never seen this ever used before. And uh, there you go. It's made its way to uh, to the Globe and Mail.
0: Yeah, there must be some RA fans out there. That's hilarious. Maybe, yeah. any, uh, any favorites from your uh, standpoint? Uh, songs? Uh, yeah, our, our music videos specifically. Anything that you've really enjoyed working on?
1: Yeah, I mean, I love all the animated videos like it's it's really fun trying to write them like to put to put together a a narrative and uh, then for Solace to kind of take that and just take it to another level. I think like Hullabaloo is a great example of they just created such a cool world out of like a small idea we kind of gave gave them. They're just their talent level is super high. Um, They're uh, they're just three siblings uh, out of Toronto uh, who've had this company for 10 years now. Um, and then on the other side, I would say some early videos we made that I produced, um, I was running a small production company at the time. Uh, some of the live action videos, uh, were really interesting to make like Balmoro hotel, um, people in Vancouver would know it was, it's actually a hotel. It got shut down a few years ago. Okay. Um, back in the day, it was, a actually like a luxury hotel, um, when East Hastings street was kind of like, uh, the jam. Uh, in Vancouver and then obviously for those familiar East Hastings is one of the worst streets in North America probably with drug abuse and mental illness and the Balmoral Hotel turned into uh, just like a, an SRO single resident occupancy kind of like a you know real assisted living but I just got run down by drugs and prostitution and just blood, blood on the walls and just as bad as it could possibly get um so that was kind of what the song was inspired by, and we wanted to make it very truthful and feel raw and real. So we actually rented a room uh, at a hotel still open that's next door uh, called The West, which is also an SRO. So we actually found a way to rent a room there for a day and we filmed, uh, filmed the video there. Uh, and that was a humbling experience to go into uh, an SRO when the residents, uh, you know, were still in the rooms kind of next door and they just had never seen a film crew really like this. And, um, it was, it was a really humbling experience and really opened your eyes. And, um, you know, so I, I have, uh, I guess a lot of fond memories of learning and just the experience of going through that. Um, so I really like, uh, those videos as well as Moss park here in Toronto, obviously similar idea. Uh, We wrote that song literally about Moss Park. So we felt like the video should be filmed in Moss Park. Um, So I took uh, myself and a camera guy and and one other person and uh, literally just went and talked to people in Moss Park and offered them beers uh, to see if they wanted to be to be in the video. And uh, people wanted to kind of show their story and show who they were. So it was literally just a montage of people from Moss Park. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great to see how like Uh, how
0: instilled the idea of being down to earth and you know a very community based band that you guys are got a physical you know community in Canada and North America especially and um, now big online world too I know you guys I was reading somewhere that some people from uh, some comic-con fans even you know, dress up as Brill Bones Nikki from time yeah, to time.
1: Crazy. Yeah, we had someone literally do the full full get up. Um, and with someone sent us a video of him doing the dance at Comic Con. It was crazy. That's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy
0: how we, how sometimes a song just really connects with uh, with listeners and it goes that far, which is which is really cool. Totally, yeah. And uh, out of curiosity, out of my own out of my own curiosity, as a band that's Canadian based, why did you settle
1: on the name Rare Americans? Oh man, people ask me this and I never have a good answer for it. <laughs> um, I wish I had like an answer for this question that was like, I think 21 pilots came from a book or from a chapter that they saw in a, in a book or a, you know, it was part of the story. Um, I think Modest Mouse is the same. Uh, ours wasn't really like that. Um, when we decided that we were going to call this something different, uh, my brother and I exchanged uh, just text messages worth of, you know, a list of 10 band names here another 10 here Uh, And rare Americans just kind of stuck out. Uh, And then we started kind of thinking about it. And it was a little bit of the idea that like being Canadian, you're almost like a proxy American, no matter what, like um, we almost are kind of the rare Americans. Obviously, we're all in North America. And I feel like we're so influenced by American culture. Um, Everything we do is for the most part, a lot of it comes from America, whether that's from sports or politics. Um, It just totally floods. Uh, our our culture. Uh, it's just such an integral part. And as we're young, growing up in Canada, we learn about the American system. Um, and the opposite is not true in America. Um, Canada, Canadian headlines are not flooding American newspapers. Our politics is not cracking the, you know, above the fold. Um, uh, it's, it's just not the case. Uh, if a lot of Americans, unfortunately, just don't get very educated about Canada. They don't know the province names. They don't they don't know the capital of Canada. It's just something that they're never really taught, uh, for the most part, in their school system. Um, so I feel like as Canadians, we kind of, by default, almost are rare Americans. You know? Yeah,
0: which is it's it's almost funny in a sense too. And whenever somebody brings that up, it's it's so funny how how disconnected they really are to Canadian, you know, news or history or just any facts, really. And it's it's almost funny at time at times. Hundred percent, so, yeah. But that's yeah, it's funny that you uh you know mentioned the whole finding stuff from uh, titles and names from books and movies and stuff too, because I get the same question with about Dusty Organ. A lot of people are like, What the hell did you settle on Dusty Organ from? Like, that's so stupid. But I've explained it a few times, it's from a song, so it's very similar. Like it just okay, something yeah. resonates and then you know, but
1: uh something something hit you and inspired you from something that you liked, and it for you is perfect, right?
0: Yeah. So I was gonna ask you obviously about your new album, Rare Americans 2. How does that feel now that it's it's been almost a month kind of out into the world
1: uh you know what i'm just happy it's it's out we recorded this record so long ago like this we recorded this in 2019 um we this is pre major label signing so yeah uh, we were sitting on this for such a long time so many of the songs were already available Uh, Was there a reason
0: why it took a bit of time to get out
1: yeah. They just didn't really want to like, they weren't in no hurry to release a record. So um, mm-hmm. the idea was we were going to release like a series of singles, which we kind of did. Um, so they kind of cherry picked what they thought were the best ones of the bunch. Uh, and we started with those. Um, that was like gas mask, as you mentioned, or Hullabaloo. We made a few videos for that. Um, and then it took us a while to get out of the deal. It took us four or five months. Uh, and then to get up and running as a as a DIY operation, I just don't think people understand what it means to set yourself up as a record label. Um, there's yeah. so much work that goes into it, even to try to uh, to report to billboard sales and to get your shop set up and, um, you know, order your merchandise and just build the infrastructure it takes to be a record label it just takes a lot of, of time and effort. So uh, that took us a couple months as well. So just things, you know, pile up one on top of the other and you know, we we kind of had a year there with the major label and um so this record kind of just sat there so it was like, you know, what let's just let's just finally get this thing out into the world and and kind of move on to the next one like our whole third record's already done. Yeah. Uh completely done. So the fourth one's almost done too. Uh Yeah, so we've just been working hard the whole time while we while this was already in the bag for a long time so um, we're just excited that that it's out and that you know we can just move on to the next kind of phase because uh, I think our band really uh, evolved a lot too during during the last year and a half of songwriting and production. So uh, I think the next two records are going to be probably very different than Ra2.
0: Oh, that's exciting to hear. Yeah, because uh, it's Ra2 is a very fun mix of everything, and to think that there's even something more different that can be done that's that's very exciting to tear through cuz I don't want to spoil anything. I guess you guys haven't announced any dates or anything for RA 3
1: Yeah, we don't have any dates yet, but you know, we have the full concept and uh we're just kind of making the the contents right now. Um in terms of the videos and um yeah, I'm really excited for this record. It's uh I would say it's more personal. This one's much more personal to to me, I would say than all the other records. Um it just happened that way. I didn't really plan to go write a bunch of songs that were more about my life but it just so happens I think in the artist journey that's just part of it um, and uh, so yeah this this next target I would say is a lot more personal um, gets more a lot more into my life uh, than kind of macro which I would say is what a lot of our previous material has been I'm more looking at the world I would say this one's much more introspective uh, and more of a uh, I don't know a bit more of a hip-hop influence to it uh, more of a, uh instrumentation is a little bit more varied it's a little less of like a rock record i would say
0: oh interesting okay yeah i'm very excited and um i was gonna ask too because you know RI 2 feels very you know it is part of this whole you know university you guys are working on and it's all narratives kind of uh external things but is there anything on that record that feels very personal to you already or is it mostly just kind of creative inspiration that's been flowing through you on the first or in the second record? Yeah, all right. On our on RA2. It's
1: hard yeah, to say. Yeah, I think like a song like Gas Mask was pretty personal to me. Um, that was about you know the feeling of like you feel like you're analyzing yourself and figuring out what the fuck am I doing, where am I in my life? Is this what I should be doing? Did I take the wrong turn? Uh, you know, just kind of really self-reflecting and self-analyzing and figuring out like, am I doing the right thing? And Should I be doing this at all? You know, having that bit of self-doubt and self self self-reflection. And that happens, I think, in the artist's life. Uh, I'm sure with you as well. When anytime you're doing any sort of creative endeavor, you you have high highs and you have devastating lows where you're like, fuck, man, I put so much effort into this and it just totally fell flat on its face and no one gives a shit about it. Uh, (laughs) And you're like, do I why am I doing this? Should I be doing something different? Like, is this does make any sense at all? Um, and then you have times where it's like, bam, you maybe you land a, an interview you really want to land or, you know, you have a song that really starts to reflect and, and take off in people and it makes everything worth it again. So um, that song was kind of more about that and, you know, just the the belief of, you know, when you get knocked down, kind of you, you got to get back up again. And um, I, I think that I'm someone who's susceptible to that. Um, yeah. And so that song was more a little bit more personal and then we obviously coupled it with the story of uh, kind of a boxer's journey uh, because I think a boxer uh, goes through a lot of those, those things too.
0: Yeah. And I like that reoccurring line of mind your head, mind your head, mind your head yeah. on that.
1: Uh, actually, but That was actually a true story. Uh, if you go to, uh, if anybody's been to Europe um, often you see signs in Europe for whatever reason, I don't know why, but um, when you go into a bathroom, oftentimes they're downstairs. Um, so you'll see signs that say, mind your head. Um, and there was a picture I came across in like a family album when I was like six and we went to Europe somewhere and it was me standing, looking at the sign that said, mind your head. Uh, so it was actually, you know, kind of a double, double entendre. It was the idea of uh, physically fucking mind your head yeah. and mentally mind your head, you know?
0: Yeah, that's, that's a great, uh, it's a great mantra to kind of slip into your daily uh, routine for sure. And um, I know you guys toured around Europe a lot for your first album. Hopefully, you know, once COVID releases its tight grip on the world, uh, do you guys,
1: I guess you guys really want to go back to touring in Europe? Uh, I want to tour everywhere. Yeah. Uh, That's one thing I would, I would say that this band has never really gotten the opportunity to do because, um, you know, right when we were starting to kind of get out there and build a little bit of a fan base off the first record, um, that's we toured the UK which was great um, that was a really cool experience and then shortly after that is kind of when the label came calling and we we're having those conversations so um, you know through that year uh, we weren't touring we were just kind of figuring out how that relationship looked and what our release plans were and then we started releasing some stuff building some momentum and then COVID hit and we've been now a year obviously like everybody else so um Yeah, hopefully in early 2022, I guess, Um, uh, I guess two things. One, I've seen so many artists book tours and cancel them, um, which uh, it's just so much work. Uh, And then secondly, we also want to tour when we feel like we can we have a a large enough audience uh, that makes it worthwhile uh, everywhere we go. Um, and so that I would say it's, it's actually been nice being able to release so much material throughout the pandemic, because it's allowed us to really build a lot more of a fan base. Uh, and so throughout the rest of this, uh, pandemic, we're, we're going to do the same thing and just try to, um, release a lot of material and really just build our audience as much as we possibly can.
0: Yeah. It's very good that you guys have, uh, not just one, but almost two albums to kind of, you know, hopefully be able to strategize and plan out based on the rest of the world's, you know, situation here, which is, which is good. So Hey, even if it's R four, that's finally the world tour, you know, better late than never. Right. So
1: yeah, we honestly like, it's funny when, you, you know, we deal with, you know, all sorts of different companies now, whether it's a radio tracking team or a press PR team or whatever. And um, it's just the industry norm is kind of like, okay, you release a single, you should wait three months before you release another single or, uh, sometimes PR companies, if you, if you do a campaign with them, they won't even take you for another campaign unless you have like a two month gap in between. Uh, and for us, we just don't give a shit about that. Like, um, it's, it's so much more about our fans. Uh, we a hundred percent of the time, all we want is our fans to, to dig what we're doing and, um, you know, it seems like they just want more and more. So it's like, we're not going to sit around and try to play the industry game. It just doesn't make any sense to us.
0: That's awesome. That's actually very refreshing to hear really uh, from bands. Cause there's so many people nowadays, especially with COVID that are just, you know, trying to become, trying to pick up their pace on releasing music and, and things like that. But just to hear, you know, hear it organically from artists being like, you know what we've, we know what we're doing. We trust our fans. We trust ourselves. And, uh, yeah it's just it's just nice to hear at least i'm from my end of you know getting all these pr releases and stuff from artists and labels and whatnot it's that's cool yeah but you never really get that uh you know that insider monologue i I guess
1: i think you really got to do your thing like so many people are going to tell you what to do and uh, there's just so many cases of things not working and when you you went to this standard kind of plan i don't know to us it's just like we've learned twice now that when we start to build a lot of momentum on platforms and then we take a large break in releasing for whatever reason, a lot of times it's been situational, Mm -hmm. um, that your fans are going to move on to someone else. Like they're going to, they're, they're, there's people putting out content constantly right now. And that's what people crave. Um, and so for us, we just don't want to have these big gaps anymore. So, you know, that's why it's like, okay, the second record just came out. Great. Let's, uh, You know, let's let's give that its glory for for a month or whatever. And we did the live stream show for the for the second record, which was awesome. Um, And now it's like, hey, we're not going to sit around and milk that for six months. Let's move on, you know?
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's very exciting. Any uh, are you able to say when you're planning on putting more like a new single or anything out or a new video or
1: Uh, probably around April 15th, I think.
0: Okay, that's good for people. Mark your calendars, people, April 15th ish. That's exciting. Uh, well, thank you very much, James, for chatting with me today. Uh, I really appreciate it.
1: No worries. Thank you for having me.
0: And, uh, yeah, you can check out rare Americans too. I just actually put up a review of it not too long ago. If anyone's curious, go check out that. It's a very, very fun album and definitely check out the YouTube page. Cause there's so many cool things. There's so many cool videos. And even you guys even did like a little, uh, I don't say talk show, but you and, um, uh, guitarist there lubo you guys did a little question q a sort of stuff and just you know fun tidbits of information up there
1: yeah yeah we've, we've tried uh, all sorts of stuff um which we will hopefully continue to do but we've also learned that youtube does not reward us for doing shit like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah youtube's a whole other beast it's really funny yeah they uh, they really reward channels that have a niche and stick to them and then if you're, you're like, do something outside of your niche, they're kind of like, ah, 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 that's not what your channel is about. You know, it's like they give you like a like a whip on the ass or something. Um, so we've had to learn kind of from trial and error of what works and what doesn't work on our channel. So anyway, yeah. if we're going to yeah. continue to try and, and, and see and uh, yeah, it should be a, an exciting kind of rest of the year. So
0: the Internet is a weird, weird place. Anything, uh, anything last you guys want to you want to plug for your band right now or?
1: No, I would say just, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a fun journey. And uh, now that we're back uh, kind of in full control, uh, we're going to release uh, just a, a ton of stuff. And uh, I would say that our further releases are going to be more um, nicely packaged in terms of they're going to have a, a story to them and there's going to be more context. Uh, they'll be a little bit more connected, I would say, than, than things that we've done in the past, which is a little bit more fragmented. Um, now there there's going to be a little bit more cohesion i would say to uh to the universe so it's uh it's a great time to kind of jump in and be a part of the overall story i guess
0: right on and you guys are able to be found at i think i saw everything is just at rare americans yeah yeah very nice simple. and easy Totally. Cool. Yeah. right on well thank you very much james okay have a great day appreciate it